0: Warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am my I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that i don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. hey, them. Dave, I know exactly sorry, sorry, what you mean. Sorry, I didn't
1: mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes, and I'm John McLaughlin, and welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with Stephen Curtis Chapman.
0: We're here at Dadville and guys, this is, mm, this is a biggie.
1: This is a biggie.
0: <laughs> this is a really biggie. This guys, is like... You guys.
1: This is a really biggie. in quote. This is a really
0: biggie. A really biggie. <laughs> I, have, I have honestly been dreaming about this one for a very long time.
1: This one's kind of been on the books for a long time. Yeah, it has been on the books this for a long time. This is one of those that we're like, is it happening? Is it happening? Mm-hmm. We hear a text has been sent yeah. out. Yes. It might happen. The yeah, world
0: shuts down for yeah. a pandemic. We're, we're negotiating payment. Yes, right. Exactly. Lots of right. money's changing yeah. hands. The large, wire transfer finally went through, and here we are.
2: Large, <laughs> coin, large, <laughs> large rolls of yes. coins being. Pokemon exchanged. cards. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> so we're here with Stephen Curtis Chapman, and this is mm. this is amazing. By the way, I just want to sit and just take this in for a second. Okay. So what we do. As we start these, Stephen, with brag sheets, what we call brag sheets. So this is kind of a little bit like um, this is your life, you know, kind of thing. Oh, boy. So right. um, I'm sitting this down, is so. really long, so you need to, like, prepare yourself for this. But this is, I am okay. here we go. I'm just going to start insist, reading. If you insist, all right. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, okay. Released over 25 albums, won five Grammys, 59 Dev Awards. <laughs> That's insane. 59. Is, that the, is it, That's got to be the most <laughs> Well, it's of like all time, right? Did anybody yeah. else ever win any at that point? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. just every category They're like, yeah, well, look, it's Steam Kershman again uh, Spoken word, uh, Hispanic, like, gospel <laughs> Stephen Kershman You wanted it again. he have one? <laughs> yeah no. uh, Seven Artist of the Year Dove Awards Sold more than 10 million albums 49 number one songs 10 albums that have been certified gold or platinum Songs been recorded by Sandy Patty Billy Dean, Glenn Campbell. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, boy, got He's got the t-shirt on his shirt. Roger Whitaker and more. That's really insane. Voice of Blue in the Jungle Book Groove Party. God, what have you not done, Stephen? Four Christmas songs, which I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm not going to do this this whole interview because it'll take too long, but Christmas is All in the Heart. is That's like top five Christmas songs for me of all time. Really? Dead
2: serious. All right. That I know who I'm calling to sing the duet <laughs> with me on the hey, next version. CC done. Nothing on has gone. Listen, she's she's <laughs> out of the did picture a, now. I, yet. I did it, Vince did a, a version with me, but I think it's time it's to time. bring need, it back around. You need a, uh, a white soul. It's singer. happening.
0: Uh, that song is so good. Um, did the first Christian concert for the troops in South Korea. That's amazing. Along with his wife, he's written three children's books with adoption themes. In 2016, released his memoir, Between Heaven and the Real World. Received an honorary doctorate from Anderson University.
1: Which come on, yeah, do y'all know, have on, y'all jump. talked
0: about that connection?
1: I well, I've got it written down right here. Once you're done, I'm jumping in <laughs> first and foremost. And I almost <laughs> took the foremost out, but yeah. then I was like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, this is foremost. We got to talk about Anderson University. Absolutely. You see, do you notice my yes. socks?
2: Whoa, look at that! Go Ravens! Did Unbelievable. I uh, no, no, they have not sent. And I'm gonna have to have well, a conversation. I have to talk and to, and to somebody. Socks. <laughs> socks. Okay. So. Well, there's there's that.
0: But the all, socks are pretty dang cool. Where it should be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. So so having heard that, this is what we always ask. Like, what do you think when you hear all that? Like, what does your brain do when you hear all that stuff?
2: Well, I feel tired uh, <laughs> to start with. <laughs> Can
0: I go take a nap? Can I have a nap now?
2: <laughs> in a in a blankie. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and, um curl up in in a corner no, I honestly i I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, how does a kid from Paducah, Kentucky, you know uh, ever get a chance to have any of that happen to him, and it's just very just real grateful, i mean honestly it's as cliche as it sounds, super humbled by it, mm-hmm. grateful, and it really sounds like you're talking about somebody else I mm, mean uh-huh. it's you're talking about somebody that I that I know mm-hmm. that I'm, uh, I've i seen you know from a distance and kind of hung out with but <laughs> but you know that's not you know that that doesn't that isn't me you know there's not any of the stuff that, I mean I told you coming in here yeah we were, you know I've got my Glenn Campbell shirt on talking about when I was a kid I just you know I was a huge Glenn Campbell fan because of his playing mainly his guitar playing because I was a guitar player my yeah. brother was the singer and I was his side guy. And so my deal was, man, can I just be the best guitar player I can be? And I used to put on Glen Campbell records, vinyl records, slow the speed down. Uh, I have a live record of, of Glen Campbell playing uh, playing for once in my life, a live version, which he did an amazing Jeez. version of that song, Stevie Wonder song. And he does this just incredible guitar solo, like jazz kind of thing, and i I, and I would literally slow, you know, it's like 33, and you could slow it down to uh-huh. whatever. And I would play it slower and try to pick out, you know, all the notes of what he was playing, and try to learn how to play these kind of things. So, uh-huh. so that was my thing, you know, as a, as a kid growing up. And then my brother went off to college. I started singing. And, and really writing songs because that's how I found my voice. My brother was the voice. My dad was the voice. I was the guitar guy with the squeaky kind of weak sort of voice that sang background vocals. That was my thing. And so, I honestly, Which side, that's, no,
1: I have to say, as we've we've kind of been chatting for like 20, 25 minutes, your voice has like this bass to it that it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like we there, we have a sub in this room. it's yeah. surprising me. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah well, that's yeah. As, as time has anyway, gone on, it is you, deepened. But so <laughs> is now deepened. I'll talk in this That's voice. really amazing. Yes, it does, I know. Yes, this is CNN. James yeah. Earl Jones. He yeah, yeah, playing. yeah. No, but uh, so guitar playing was my thing. So that is all just crazy, you know, when you talk about that. Yeah. Because I honestly, you know, I think I told you this story. I mean, and I'll tell it on myself and if greg nelson happens to be listening somehow or ever hear this my dear friend greg nelson who was my first executive producer he, he was in uh, phil nash was the producer of my early records but greg was producing sandy patty Larnell harris steve green kind of the mm-hmm. big three voices back in the you know 80s um when i came on the scene and greg Loved my songs. My songwriting had cut a couple of my songs on Sandy Patty records, which was wow. huge because I was Anderson. Sandy Patty was the voice, was was it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe, you know, I was getting a cut on a Sandy Patty record. And uh, how old
0: are you then by then? I'm uh, 19.
2: Oh, yeah, my gosh. 18 19, yeah. Are you yeah. here yet? Yeah, I am not. I'm in Anderson. You're still in Anderson. Yeah. 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 I had spent a summer here and uh, had met some – people and and yeah I mean I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit with the whole story but um because I'd been you know I'd been writing songs started doing that because my brother went off to college Mm -hmm. and uh went off to perform in a group called the Young Americans oh wow kind of up with people sort of thing he got he got to go on tour with them and a great singer great performer still is he's still one of my favorite singers um and uh but that's kind of when I started singing because I kind of had to come out the shadows. If I was going to keep doing this, you know, I I had to sort of take the front man spot because he was gone, mm-hmm. and um, and auditioned at Opryland USA uh, in 1981 um, with my brother. What song? I sang. You decorated my life. Wow!
1: <laughs> and wow. totally the slowest vibrato you can. Yeah. Come oh
2: yeah. With. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. Butchered it. And no, true story. I came to Nashville. I came with my brother to audition at Opryland. He was going to audition to try to get a job. If anybody knows what Opryland was back Mm -hmm. in the day, it was Mm -hmm. this amazing amusement Mm -hmm. park here in Nashville. Yeah, very
0: music heavy. Very
2: cool. Built around the Grand Ole Opry after it moved from the Ryman, and they built the Opry house. And so they built this park around it. Super cool, live music. A lot of artists got their start there. A bunch bunch of friends of mine that went on to write songs and – be you know recording artist so but I came to Nashville with my brother we drove from Paducah Kentucky where I grew up and I said I'm going to try out to get a job as a guitar player in one of the shows and my brother's going to try out as a singer so it's a true story my brother's singing for the judges there's this panel of judges across the stage and I'm playing guitar and he's singing whatever I write the songs I think Barry Manilow oh yeah yeah, his audition song something like that and um and I knew he was going to get the gig because he had already toured with this group and he's a great singer. And I get done and they say, hey, Steve, uh, I see here your your, your brothers and uh, Steve, do you sing as well? And I said, well, a little bit, but I kind of sing, I was singing harmony with him back up. And, and I said, but I'm you know, here to audition for guitar and, and I'd already done my audition and it was terrible. And there were like real guitar players in the room and I'm like... <laughs> I can't do this. These guys are like reading charts and jazz, doo 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 And You're I'm like, like you, know, you know, can we slow down? down oh, can please. we slow? <laughs> can can we slow it down? I can play the Glenn Campbell solo on for once in my life just at half quick, speed. Guys. Does, does that does that know work? The yeah. <laughs> Glenn
0: Campbell lot? Uh, if anybody knows that, I can <laughs> play along. <laughs> yes. yeah. Slow it down. I can play along. Yeah, that would be me. sixty-five. That would be it.
2: So so I I just butchered it. So they said, "Do you sing?" And I said, "Yeah, a little bit." And they said, "Well, sing something for us." And I was terrified I mean it was not the sh- the the slow vibrato cuz it was kind of like
1: yeah, <laughs> right they you right like, like
2: matching your heart rate <laughs> at the time yeah. yeah and and it was ter- <laughs> it was terrible I mean I can't even words cannot express how <laughs> not good it was and I thought there's no way I'm getting this this Job. In fact, I may been may have been so bad that I cost my brother the, the gig too. Because like we don't <laughs> it want anything went, it went even associated with that guy. <laughs> and somehow we both got hired. No way to, to be in the Country Music USA show. Wow. So we come to Nashville. So that was probably for me the first moment where I thought, could I could I be a singer? Wow. Because yeah. I'm not a singer. My brother's a singer. Huh. And, but we got the gig and we came to Nashville. So I spent that summer graduating from high that. school. In 1981, and and had a gig at Opryland that and, and Country Music USA, and um, and that summer I met a guy. Um, now this is like this is like a six hour thing, right? That we get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Is that cool? Yeah, okay. it's, like, the, it's the podcast
0: Lord can, of the Rings. Can you, you edit?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we won't even. We'll be here for three hours, and I'm like, and then I went to Anderson College. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, but I'll, I'll. But this is all like you know, this is really fun stuff. On, so you can here. edit this out, right? You can edit. Um, so I the summer before I went to um, the summer I was working at Opryland. Uh, a guy comes up after a concert, and as a young, he's a college guy, and he says, um, "Hey, I love this show. It was fun. You guys are brothers." And I read in this little they they had put together like a little booklet, that kind of a playbill, you know, yeah. about the performers, yeah. and it said that we were brothers and we both li- liked gospel music. That and that I was a, a kind of beginning songwriter, and I, I wrote songs and I wrote gospel music, and he said. Um, I read here that you're a writer. I said, yeah, I've written, you know, a handful of songs. And he said, well, play me something. And so I played him a couple of songs, sat down at the piano on the stage, and we just started hanging out with this guy. And he he, uh, said, man, these are are really cool. Let's go get, you know, let's go to dinner. The guy went to Anderson College. I'd never heard of Anderson College before. Uh It was Anderson University. His name was Danny Daniels. And he uh, was there with his parents on vacation and said, man, let's stay in touch. And I like these songs. Send me a tape of your songs. We're talking cassette tape on my realistic oh, yeah. push play yeah, record yeah, yeah, at yeah, the same yeah, time.
1: Yeah.
2: And I put I sang a few of my songs on a little cassette tape and sent them off to him in Anderson, Indiana. where well, I didn't even know where it was. I start college that fall in a little school in northern Kentucky near Lexington called Georgetown College.
0: I know Georgetown. Do you know Georgetown? yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: As a pre-med major, my brother is in is a vocal major there, and I'm like my dad sat me down and said, son, you're you know guitar's great, music's great, but go get a real job, you know, and and you know you can always kind of play music, do that for fun. But he's like, have you ever it's heard hard. Of singing doctors? It's yes, a huge. Yeah, profession. right. It's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he says it's hard to feed songs. a family playing a guitar because he had done it his whole life, had a music store, Chapman Music, and kept food on the table and and was a great amazing. Dad and great musician, but he was like, go get a real job, you know? So I was like, look down the list, doctor, that's a real job, right? I'll do that. (laughs) That's That's about how much thought I gave to it.
1: What job will give me no free time? Yes, right. Let's do that. A lot of school and no free time. Oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's how much thought I put into it. So I'm in in Georgetown, failing miserably. I mean, struggling to just try to keep my head above water, barely academically, because it's way over my head. Not at all what my high school had prepared me for <laughs> and um, or,
0: Opryland, had or
2: for. Opryland and i'd spent the summer in nashville met people you know thinking man this i like a, music yeah, you know yeah. i wanted to be i want to play music so um i had just come from you know probably another failed chemistry test or something <laughs> and i get a phone call from this guy i'd met the summer before danny danny, danny he D. says he says hey i i passed your cassette tape off to a really good friend of mine who publishes gospel music and writes and and uh he wants to talk to you about maybe offering you a polish publishing deal because he thinks you've got a some a, a gift and this could be really good i'm like yes please um tell him to call me so i get a phone call oh is this steve Depp? yeah um hi this is bill gaither and uh, no i way. Uh, i've heard your music and a good friend of mine danny daniels passed it off to me and uh i'd like to talk to you about let's talk about songs and and i'd love to you know let's get together and which
1: for those who don't know who uh, yeah, is, yeah. he's the godfather of like, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: the songs i grew up seeing other than johnny cash Folsom prison blues the first song i learned on the guitar or glenn campbell songs we're Bill Gaither songs. Wow. I grew up singing so with my family. So you're freaking out. Oh, so cult. I'm like, this is, in fact, and I've told Bill this. I thought because I grew up singing Bill Gaither songs in church, right alongside Fanny Crosby and John Wesley songs. I thought he had been dead a hundred years. Right. And I told him, I'm like, Bill, you're still alive. <laughs> this is a miracle. It's kind of crazy because it's you crazy. Opened,
1: I mean, was yeah. he was awarded like. Hymn writer of the century from like right. ASCAP or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You would expect you thought all these songs that we singing yeah. in church, like yeah. all these people, had yeah. hundreds
2: of years. Cause he yeah. lives, yeah, in like face. It's like that
1: was surely that was yeah, written, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. hundred years ago. And and he lives in yeah. Alexandria, Alexandria, Indiana, in, just Indiana. right outside of Anderson, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. really random. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And
2: he and Gloria had started a music program at Anderson College uh-huh. at the time, <laughs> and so I'd never heard of it, and that's where my friend Danny Daniels had gone to school that I met, he said, Danny was telling me about this girl that he had gone to school with who's gonna, you know, break, you know, gospel music wide open, has this amazing voice. Her name's Sandy Patty, you're gonna hear of her, you know, Gee. and she wants to record one of your songs. I played her some of your songs. You should consider this, you know. And uh so it was crazy times and that's why when you tell all of that long, long way back around, you tell that whole story. And I kind of sit there and go, yeah, that mm-hmm. kid's still thinking, should I be a doctor or <laughs> But I'm really struggling with chemistry? I don't think I get it. So maybe I could be a guitar player, you know, like a guitar player and, you know, in a worship band and, you know, yeah. somewhere. I don't know. So there's yeah, always crazy.
0: there's always, uh, you know, Sunday morning worship bands that need a guitar player. But
2: I know. I know. And I'm still thinking that maybe, <laughs> that maybe i got a shot i'm still practicing shot. still practicing you know what just and I, got pedals, so oh yeah. <laughs> I got some new pedals so that's good yeah i got some new pedals good if you got a lot
0: of oh, reverb yeah. and delay you're yeah, gonna kill it I'm good. uh you know th- that's one of the things that i think you you know people obviously know your music and and songs so well but i think something that that has to be talked about just as much as you're playing i mean you're hmm. such a great guitar player so Thank it makes you. sense to hear when you say that yeah. about growing up with that. I think that's, that's always like one of my favorite things when I show up to a show or you see somebody play something and you realize like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. I, I mean, I knew obviously the things that everybody else knows. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it makes more sense hearing you talk about that and growing up that way. Cause I'm like, I think, I mean, you're such a great mm-hmm. player too. Thank so you, it makes sense Thank that, you. that that was something that started
1: back then too. Right. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't, you know. Do you still think of yourself in that way? Like I'm, re- I'm just a guitar player that happens to sing some songs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. A few years ago, um, I there was something that uh, got a Christian CCM magazine. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Christian, yep, Christian Music? Did a thing and did instrumentalist of the year. It was kind of you know, and vocalist of the year. They kind of gave their awards, and I remember I got mentioned in like the top three guitar, guitarist in, you know, Christian music alongside Phil Kagey, you know, oh, like real, the real guys and the goat, you know, and, and honestly, it was kind of like, man, I need to step, step up my game. You know, it's like, if they're going to, if they're, you know, recognizing that it's like, I gotta, I gotta get good. Cause they, you know, they, they said that. And, yeah. and I think, you know, I even, I remember that was actually when I made the record, uh, signs of Life record, Lord of the Dance was on that record. And I, mm-hmm. I kinda leaned into my playing oh, yeah. a little bit more on that yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna I wanna write some things around some really fun guitar stuff, you know, and just kinda let that thing kinda come right. forward. by um, the way,
0: one of the greatest courses of all time. I don't care uh, Lord of the Dance. One of the greatest mm, courses of all time. Thank you. Oh, yeah, half of it's just the rhythm. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. And Thank That the guitar part is incredible. Yeah,
2: that's a fun one. That is a fun one still to play. Um, but I do. I think yes. I, I still do. Uh, in fact, I did a tour when the pandemic hit and nobody could go on the road to do anything. Myself, Michael W. Smith and Mac Powell got together and said, oh, "Let's yeah. do something." Louise. And so we I went that, and did yeah. a, uh, one of these drive-in theater tours. Yeah. And you know, so we're sitting <laughs> on the back of a you know a, a you know a flatbed you know truck. And and I said, you know, let's not do the, you know, you know, the stems and do computer, you know, have anything else. Let's just go do like rock band, old school, you know, garage band, because we're kind of everything. The pandemic's changed the whole game. So I'll play guitar. Michael, you play keyboards. You're you're you know okay at that you can play keys (laughs) you You know you can be the keys guy you know (laughs) i'll be the guitar guy you know and let's get bass and drums and um and that's it let's go man and uh and so we did and Uh i was like the only guitar guy and so michael puts in the set place in this world which has the dan huff solo of all solos i did the Stephen Curtis Chapman version of that song. So the <laughs> <laughs> I did the <laughs> do
0: do 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 version did like every third
2: day. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I the did that. The whole thing. So, but it was so much fun because I was totally uh, the like guy going I'm in Michael W. Smith's band, man. <laughs> yeah, I made it. Yeah. I'm playing guitar for Michael W. Smith. You know, so I did. I sort of totally reverted back to that kid who thought, "Could I ever be like a real guitar player yeah. in, a, in a band, like for real?" Isn't it and so, funny. It so what,
0: funny? One of my favorite things to watch is that moment. Because I mean, I don't know how much people know this about Nashville people that are musicians, but it's really rare. I feel like that people. That's, that's probably not fair. I would say maybe half the time. Somebody grew up wanting to be a songwriter and they get in there and songwriter. But so many times it's like somebody wanted to do this something and then it sort of changes and they get to Nashville and something else happens. And yeah. so it's so fun to watch people that like get to do the thing they originally, like when they were seven years old, ten years yeah. old and they went, This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get you know, like see them, you know, at some point in their career go, Now I can actually do that thing. Yeah. Like not what I do now, yeah. but the thing I came here to do those are s- I, I get so much joy from those people who are either it's like they do the jazz record or they do like the instrumental record they yeah, do yeah, yeah. they, they yeah. get to write songs that are nothing like the genre they're in because that's what they started doing right. or yeah. you know they play drums on a record finally because that's what they, you know but those moments I get so much joy seeing those people do that where they're like people don't know this maybe about me but really why I did this was this and now I finally can do it Yeah, like, like yeah. you said to be in a band because yeah. that's really what you yeah. thought is I'm going to be a guitar player Yeah, and people are like yeah. why is Steam Curse smiling
1: yeah. so hard this whole show
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) i know was that the first time that
1: you i mean i know you play shows on your own just you and a guitar so you you know but is that the first time that you were like i'm the only guitar player in the band on stage
2: um yeah except i mean there have been obviously a lot of years of my touring when i was the only guy playing guitar in the band but but pretty early on i started to get guys around me you know who, and that's the thing about this town. That's the other crazy part about, you know, when you, when you talk about, you know, the accolades or the list of things, you know, the guy standing in the middle so often, and you guys will probably get this and appreciate this, you know, I've been, I've been surrounded by, you know, these are names that you guys will know, the Adam Lester's of the oh, world, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. who standing yeah. beside me on stage, playing, you know, the side, the, the side guy who's, you know. Incredible singer, sing circles around me, play circles around oh, me, right. writes great songs, yeah. and I'm thinking, how did I, yeah. how is, am you I the guy really in the middle, you know? Because yeah, like really, style. if everybody knew, and and there's a little bit of a whole thing you got to work through of, am I kind of faking everybody out here? Because oh, if gosh. they knew, this would be the guy in the middle. He should be Chris Rodriguez. I mean, that guy, the freak right. of talent that oh. you know, that guy for years. You know, was playing. And I'm thinking, if they knew, you know, how good this guy was, right. they'd be throwing – they'd be like, boo, get him off the – put that guy <laughs> that in the is, middle. You I mean, know, and you see – got to deal with that kind of stuff. So yeah. – but, you know, to to your question, I think that was one of the first times, you know, that I got to be – I was just the guitar player. There was yeah, a few years ago well. that, I, that I did a tour with Amy, Amy wow. Grant. And I, I remember years – it was so funny because years and years ago, when I first, again, came to town – as a songwriter thinking maybe i can make a few, you know maybe i can make a record it's not going to be you know i'm not a great i'm not as you know that's the, again the era of the big voices you Oh, know, yeah. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. steve green you know Lauren o. Harris, o'harris Half, you know these oh, guys gosh. that had the Singers, just like the power. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. a singer songwriter guy kind of a you know quiet sort of thing and so i knew the expectation was you know if i can make a record if i get a shot to even do that it, that would be amazing. And it won't be a big deal. I know it won't be anything like that, but it'll. But I'll get to sing my songs. That'll be so cool. And, but maybe if I keep at this guitar thing, I can eventually, and a buddy of mine, I remember saying, hey, I heard Amy Grant's doing guitar auditions. You should, you should audition. And I remember thinking, man, you're talking, you know, Jerry McPherson. I mean, you're talking the guys, the, the dudes. You know, there's no way I could ever get that gig. So years later, you know, literally about four years ago, Amy and I did our first tour. We've oh, never toured together, gosh. and we did a tour together. And so – and the, the the deal was let's stay on stage the whole night and, Amy, sing along with my songs. Oh, I'll sing – I'll play guitar. This is cause, And yeah. what I really wanted to do was fulfill that lifetime, you know, boyhood dream, you know, because <laughs> I had the audition. Amy poster. I mean, I was going to marry her when I was, you know, right. a kid, <laughs> right. you know, and I was like, well, okay, that didn't work out. But <laughs> – At least I made it in her band, which, you know, and my wife knows, you know, way more than ever could, you know, could have loved Amy Grant. But, you know, but when I was 16, but it was, you know, it's so cool to be standing up there, you know, playing, you know, guitar to, you know, Baby Baby and, you know, all the, you know, El Shaddai. I mean, all the songs that were just so You know, so cool. So those moments have been, it is funny, the smile on my face is just, I'm up there, Oh, I'm in a band, and I'm playing guitar, it happened, you know.
1: So I don't want to, real quick, I don't want to draw like a too obvious um, conclusion here, but your dad taught guitar. Yeah. And had a store, you said? Yeah,
2: music store, Chapman Music. Still so was, does. He's 82 years oh, old. really? And he still teaches guitar lessons five no days way. a week. no way. You can find my dad, Herb Chapman, sitting probably right now with a guitar in his hand, sitting across from a student, that teaching amazing. him. amazing. Teaching him. Which, side note, when something. I
1: was at Anderson University, I had my one and only piano student. It was like a friend of a friend at our church. Their son yeah. like, wanted to start yeah, playing yeah. piano. And I've I've played piano since I was four, and I was studying piano at Anderson's. And I'm like I can I can teach some lessons. It was I should constantly I should send this kid a he's not a kid anymore. But <laughs> I should send him apology letters a every Jeep, year. Maybe or a Jeep. yes, yeah, yeah on a motorcycle. <laughs> Because it was so bad, he may have had a future in music if it weren't for me. <laughs> I shut the whole thing down. You the whole thing. I say that only to say, like, teaching is a skill and yes. unto itself. But was that, it, is that the whole reason why you were doing music? Like, you seeing yourself as a guitar player is, is in some way being like, I want my dad to be proud of me. I'm doing the thing that my dad teaches kids all day yeah. to do. Yeah, like I'm doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. My
2: earliest memory, uh of life is music there are musical memories of my dad in the kitchen with his buddies his best friend Scotty Henson five-string banjo picker his other best friend Jack Curtis Martin where I get my middle name Curtis Mm -hmm. who is an amazing dobro player who actually would eventually end up with Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs playing playing on the Opry so he was good legit yeah yeah um, playing music and my dad would write songs and they'd set up a little recording studio in the kitchen and an old reel to reel and they'd record their songs. My dad would come to Nashville and he'd come home and tell these stories of man, the best players in the world. These guys that, you know, are the best musicians. I'd go in the studio and I'd play them the song one time and they'd write these numbers down yeah. and and then they'd count it off and they would play it back perfectly better than I played it. And, and i would just see my dad's eyes dancing with wonder and i would go that's what
0: wow that
2: that's my dad thinks that's cool right right so that's what i want to be wow because yeah. if i could be that my dad would think i was wow the coolest yeah. the, the coolest stuff.
1: thing dave Don, no i said no, Don. is it done. john Sex with John. Oh. Yeah, it's a softie. All these years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They you know, actually u- called me
0: softie in high school, <laughs> by the way. That was on the basketball court.
1: I digress. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you about growing up. Thank do you. Do you remember growing up? I do. I do. Do you remember specifically cereal? Uh, and dude, how it was one on, of the best parts of being a kid? Yep okay at some point though i had to give it up yeah because i realized it was full of sugar and this junk that you just yeah.
0: you really shouldn't be eating everything listen i got good news for you johnny okay luckily magic spoon has the amazing flavors you love but guess what it doesn't have what the bad stuff <laughs> yep that
1: is good news yep because zero grams of sugar yep 13 to 14 grams of protein, Mm -hmm. 140 calories a serving, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? I'm not. You can feel great about eating this cereal every day. Can I tell you some more about it,
0: though? Please. It's also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. But you know what it's not free of? Fun. And great taste. (laughs) I love that about you, John. We're on the same page. You can grab a variety pack to try their four flavors, cocoa, fruity,
1: frosted, and peanut butter. Love it. So go to magicspoon.com dadville and grab a variety pack and try it today. It's so good. And be sure to use our promo code dadville at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their
0: product. It's backed with a uh, 100 one hundred folks, not ninety nine. No, we're not getting into the nineties. We're they staying at a hundred percent happiness top. guarantee. So if you don't like
1: it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt free cereal at MagicSpoon dot com slash Dadville and use the code Dadville to save five dollars. It's crazy how attuned you are when you're a kid to what your parents, but especially like for me, like I remember if we were watching a movie anytime my dad would laugh or something i'd be like okay my dad thinks that's funny yeah like i would i was just so razor focused on yeah what he thought was cool and what he valued yeah all that kind of stuff i also love how (laughs) how like you grew this is in paducah kentucky and it's exactly like like at some point, some someone in New York is like, "I bet they're sitting around in Kentucky, just you know, playing banjo and guitar in and their oboro, kitchen. In their kitchen, yeah. probably. Yeah, I'm cut like, to your on, family. That's so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what was happening. <laughs> it that's was. so great.
2: Yeah, yeah, and man, you're you're so dead on. I'm wearing a Glenn Campbell T-shirt today because you know my dad thought Glenn Campbell was probably the greatest performer, wow. uh, you know, on the planet, wow, because yeah. he could play. And he sang, you know, and I still can't. Wichita Lineman starts and I tear up and I, I start tearing up because I just started thinking of how much my dad loved, you know, the Jimmy Webb songs. I mean, it was my dad's like, man, those are the best. Those are the best songs. I mean, the way they're written, the best playing, listen to that voice. And so as a result, I think Glenn Campbell, you know, singing a Jimmy Webb song is about as good as music. Mm. has ever been and yeah. so and it's all yeah connected to my to my dad that's do you think great. with
0: your boys you know who obviously do music also do you think that's like a transference thing too where they they mm-hmm. like you got past that from your dad and then you sort of passed that to them do you think there's a link in that sort of chain yeah. you know yeah. that like they saw you doing that and how right. much you loved it you know was yeah. that something that was a big part of you with them
2: absolutely yeah no question we in fact you know it's it's so funny cuz my my son Caleb is a huge Glenn Campbell fan. No way. Yeah, as a result, uh-huh. um, because I've he's heard me talk about and so he'll, you know, they'll be on the road and he'll be like, "Dad, man, I'm listening to this, you know, this old Glenn Campbell record and gosh, these string parts are so great." You know, and pulling yeah. out the same stuff that I, that you, did. you know, remember yeah. loving. And yeah, I mean, we music the the transferring of that to them I think about, you know, the concerts we would go. See and they would, you know, latch on to things. I mean, Caleb, when he was a kid, would listen to hours and hours of John Pizzarelli trio records. And who even knows what you know? 10, yeah. nine, ten, eleven-year-old kid even knows John yeah. Pizzarelli unless they're like a super jazz head. Right, right, but right, you right, know, right. Caleb's listening to that. You know, and you know, you know, screamo you know band at the same time. But he's tuned into that because. I'm he knows that I'm sitting there saying, Caleb, this is really cool. You right, got to check this right, out. Yeah. Um, Then he hears me listening to Jerry Reed. You yeah. Know, yeah. And, and, you know, again, what 10, you know, 19 year old kid knows who Jerry Reed is, but Caleb's tuned into that and trying to learn how to play Jerry's breakdown because he hears me kind of fumbling with it, going, man, this is really hard, but really cool. You know, so absolutely so much of that we'd go. I remember us going to the Rhyme, and I took them when they were little boys, and we went and saw. G3 the G3 concert and oh it was, gosh it was Ingve Malmsteen yep. Joe and Joe Satriani and uh, Steve Vai yep and uh you know <laughs> and they we're just and I, those weren't records that I you know listened to or whatever but I'm like you guys these are like three you know ridiculous in in you know some ways I mean that Ingve and all the just you know it was just non-stop
1: yeah you
2: know and and you know kicking his picks out into the audience you know and just all the <laughs> All the shenanigans, but it was those are such great memories, and just the three of us together, just soaking up music. I mean, it was Bill Gaither said it. I remember when we first sat together, one of our first meetings, when Bill Gaither talked about you are, you know, you he he was playing me all different kinds of music for sitting in his. He's like, "Have you heard this? Check out this." You know, and it was all over the map. And he said, "You know, I realized, you know, that that kind of the you are what you eat." Like the music that I listen to, if I only listened to jazz music, um, all I would really would that would come out of me would be jazz music. So I just listen to all different kinds. And I remember even taking that with my boys, and we'd go listen to, you know, go hear concerts and sit down and listen to records of all kinds. And I hear that in their music now—the mm-hmm. stuff that they create—and which I think they're brilliant. And you know, that's my oh, favorite band of all time. I feel Colony this House. incredible way. Yeah, w- I mean, John and I have laughed about that. Yeah,
0: for anybody listening that doesn't know. Stevens Boys Band, Connie, House. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes. Uh, such a big shout out there. Um, but John and I laugh because like, I think we both feel the weight of like every time I'm driving the kids to school, I'm like, okay, whatever song I'll play, this could be the moment they're like... <laughs> That's when I yeah. loved music. So I'm like, no, not that. Like, kids like, Definitely. Yeah. dad yeah, playing. I'm like, guys, yeah. kids, yeah. shut up. Jeez, yeah. uh, okay, that's the move here. And I'm, right now we're in a big Beatles phase, which is yeah. really, I feel safe. Oh, you know, yeah. like the big ones for me was like, I want I want them right now to be listening to a lot of Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. and we're listening to a lot of Beatles. And I'm like, yeah. that's at least yeah. a
1: good starting point. Yeah, yeah. But I just yeah. feel so
0: much pressure. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I want to well, start this pedigree that's the right yeah. one. Oh. It's yeah. like, it's a combination
1: of there's music, obviously, for all, us being musicians it's such a big thing that we want to pass on and also it's like that you know what we were talking about earlier your dad loved glenn campbell so you got a glenn campbell shirt on i there are things that my dad randomly said in 1991 (laughs) that i'm like okay so we that's that's what we believe now yes i'll I'll bring up like 15 years later he's like what? Did what? I say that? Yeah. <laughs> so it, like, it gives me this anxiety of like, what if this is the song that for whatever reason, this yeah. is what they remember? Yeah. And they're like, no, you always listen to Janet Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I think we only listen to that one song. Yeah. yeah. That, like, was on that was on the radio.
0: That was on the radio. Yes. Right. And that's you said you liked her voice, but I thought you yeah. loved Janet Jackson. I don't <laughs> yeah. even Was that yeah. Janet Jackson? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You've based
1: the last 20 years of your life on this? <laughs> <laughs> You do just you it's, it's like, like you've a know tattoo what on your collar <laughs> John. <laughs> so it's no like you pressure. You know what what yeah. the because I and I've I've been in that's this so kind of true. like man that's I've been so in good. this phase of really ruminating on this thought lately that my this is this is because of my wife Amy who she's like she's kind of had this aha moment, you know, a couple years ago where she's like, "You know, do you realize like every little season of our life we're in every minute of it, obviously. And then years later, it gets distilled down to a couple snapshots. You know, mm-hmm. like we're... we're and she, she's always like, this moment right now, we probably won't remember this. And it could be like a really meaningful moment mm-hmm. that we just... It's like we might remember it, but mm-hmm. it's only going to be these couple snapshots that we end up remembering. So I've I've been really just like... That's just kind of been in my brain these past, you know, the last year or so. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, you looking back with your kids when they when they were younger, because um, you guys are just n- newly uh, empty ne- nesters. Yeah, right?
2: Yeah. Our, we just, this last fall, uh, yeah. Stevie Joy left the nest. So
1: when, what, what are some of those snapshots that you remember? And I realize that's a big chunk of time that I'm asking you to just kind of pick out some... Some moments, but what are those for you, as a dad of like where Dave and I are, where our kids are, like young elementary, yeah, that kind of era.
2: Wow, with it's with with my family, with my kids, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, um, I took them to um, took them to Africa. We we went on a trip, and this was one of the first times I remember them playing playing music with me publicly we had you know we'd sit around and jam. will will the drummer uh and caleb the guitar player and um you know caleb had started to learn some chords i think he was he was nine i mean he was got good really quickly and i did you know my dad was a guitar teacher and actually that's what i did kind of to put myself through school mm-hmm. oh wow uh, and buy gas for my car when i was uh, in high school and and um uh, I started teaching guitar lessons at my dad's music store. So so I did have some, you know, some experience with sort of teaching and here's where you start and kind of took my dad's method and so um I started teaching Caleb and and Will had a little, you know, a djembe drum, you know, mm-hmm. was the was the thing. It was pre Cajon, you know, if yeah. you remember those days, yeah, you I've know, seen. when yep. the Cajon came <laughs> along with, you know, you know, the, the little box, you know, that was that that was the cool thing. But this is before yeah. those were created. Yeah. So yeah. um a PC, I like to call that, you know, yeah. pre. Yeah. Like anyway, um, so we were we went to Africa and uh, and South Africa and Africa and went on safari and did all the cool things. But I was uh, had a good friend there, uh, Larry Warren, who had a great ministry, and you know, we Larry. know Larry. Yeah, and so we went and played and did concerts, and I remember having them come up with me. And in fact, I remember on the plane. I'm thinking, gosh, if my kids were ever gonna act right and do right, it's gonna be this trip because I'm taking my kids to a missions trip to Africa. I mean, how little halos are just gonna come rest <laughs> over their heads, and it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so perfect. And we're like, we're we're maybe 30 minutes into the flight to to I don't remember where we were flying into. I think and. But it's like a forty-seven day flight, as I recall, it. and um, <laughs> you know, to get there. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, we're fifteen minutes, twenty minutes into this flight, and Caleb, my my at the time I think eight nine year old son, he's probably nine, has spilled his second Sprite. You know, they bring you a drink, and it's on his table, and he can't sit still, and he's fiddling, and it, it spills, and it's on oh. me and him, and we're uh-huh. and then he gets another one because it's spilled, and then he just spills that one, and so I'm like. I'm ready to strangle him. And I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to. Can I, if I duct tape him in the bathroom for this rest <laughs> of this flight? Is how that legal? Illegal is, that? is that how, how legal Ill- is yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. What is the time? Yeah. Time and international waters. Yeah. Oh, right. but yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. It's a little <laughs> nebulous on <It's> yeah. <laughs> So, and, and I'm just losing. It. And I literally, this is a true story. I open, I'm like, I, God, I need something here because I'm really losing it with my son. And I thought this was going to be so different. I open my Bible and, like, I'm just going to read, you know, something. And, no kidding scripture falls to the uh, psalm the psalms and it's be still and know that i am god And uh, my eyes come to rest on that i'm like okay caleb read this be still and oh my I'm like, god no i didn't say that i was like i wanted to be still like, no be stop still. there still. read that again yeah and Just know that i your father am, am going to <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry, smite right? yes. you yeah. if you don't yes yeah. yeah there will be much smiting to be <laughs> many uh, done many smites yes great wrath no, I read it and and took out a piece of paper, wrote a song called "Be Still and Know." Oh my gosh! Um, that was the this I recorded it on uh, my Speechless album, and it's been a very special song. And I went and sang it in Africa, and I remember mm. I remember sharing it with the people there. It was just after apartheid had ended, and I remember it's just this very heavy, yeah. you know, you know, for the believers and the Christians there. And I'm singing this song, and and man, people were just weeping and it's like so you know it's bringing comfort and healing and and i'm crying i'm just like god thank you for this gift and all because my son you know spilled multiple sprites and and i was dealing with that and you know my boys are there they're on stage with me you know playing along and and um there's just it was one of those amazing amazing memories and moments that god gave us as a gift that i don't even know that they would remember you know it was one right. of those like you said it was so profound but you know they might think oh yeah i remember us going to africa yeah, yeah. i think yeah you know <laughs> going on a safari that was cool the monkeys got in our you know in our hotel in our little cabin we were staying in or something but you know really cool full circle on that a few years ago i re i recut that song mm. and um and Caleb sang on it, singing it oh, with me. Oh, that's so I cool. got to do a duet with with uh, with Caleb on that song. Um, that was that was a great moment.
1: Hey Dave. Hey John. You know I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but the first thing I look forward to every morning is, is looking the out the window,
0: seeing me morning, across the street, seeing you waving. Waving and just a genera- asking how you're doing, yeah, yelling, expressing the how
1: much our friendship has meant. Yes,
0: and then yeah, right get after that, that,
1: first cup of coffee. I
0: know, I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. Listen, our partner, Methodical Coffee, was voted one of the best roasters in America by Care Patrol, as they should be. Yes, because
1: they're amazing. Amazing. And let me tell you, one of the reasons why they're amazing because okay. Methodical roasts their coffee to best express the life it lived, the place, the weather, the soil, the soil. You knew New York, yes, yes. And to honor the skilled people who cultivated.
0: Did you know this, John? Methodical offers a wide variety of flavor profiles that range from classics that are bold and chocolatey, yep. contemporary that are medium-bodied and fruity, and all the way to avant-garde that push,
1: push conventions. the conventions. They do yep. care. And to top it all off, Methodical roasts their coffee to order so you can always receive the freshest beans possible. Listen,
0: guys, visit methodicalcoffee.com for more information and use the discount code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order. When you think of that season, you know, with the kids kind of in that age, if you could go back and talk to that dad, like, mm-hmm. then you and that, like, what would you say? Like, what are the things that you feel like you kind of know now that you would say to yourself, you yeah. know, yeah. with kids that age?
2: Golly, I, I would, you know, all the things that I think, you know, any of us would immediately think, just, man, just Chill. You know, just, just (laughs) chill and, and just, and, you know, you try, my wife and I talk about this a lot now because you go back and watch videos, you know, watch home videos, Mm -hmm. which I was, you know, a king of back in those days. I mean, I've got that whole trip, you know, pretty well documented and it's a strange thing watching videos because there's this, it's there's a real sadness that Mm -hmm. when you go back and watch these moments because you don't number one you don't remember them until you watch them Mm -hmm. and then you you feel this real ache and kind of Mm. for I want to go do that I want to go redo that Mm. right and and soak up every moment yeah but we're only you know we're we're saturation point we we hit it and you kind of I do anyway because it's just the way I'm wired I kind of Beat myself up a little bit, like, man, well, you should have, you should have enjoyed right. that more. You yeah, should have yeah, soaked yeah. that up more. Yeah. You know, shame on you. You know, kind of thing. And then you kind of go, wait a minute, I was doing the best I could yeah. just to try to, you know, try. And we we did it, you know. Then you kind of go, well, let's give ourselves some a little, you know, yeah, a little. Yeah. Attaboy, for, for you, did, you did, you did make that memory. Even if you don't remember the memory, it was it's part of your DNA. So you try to. I, I think I would try to say, cut yourself some slack, you know. You're not going to remember a lot of this. Uh-huh. Try to absorb it, you know. And, but then knowing me, if I told myself that, then I'd be like, oh crap, am I Am I absorbing this enough? Am I, am I, oh, I'm wait, probably screwing go, this up, you know. Before you go, wait a minute, part should I wait, absorb? Wait, it? And I'm absorbing it right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. So yeah. I don't even know if I would want to go back and tell myself anything because yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. probably stress myself out even Too more. Much, but I think right. I would try to just, if I could do it well, I'd say, man, just, yeah, just. In, enjoy it soak it in you know chill out because um, it's gonna it's gonna kind of be what it's gonna be mm. you're gonna make mistakes they're gonna you know make mistakes um and i would say again not this is not being you know you know here's no here's the sunday school answer um this is the absolute bottom you know bottom line i just say man trust god god is Mm. god is faithful and you're gonna look back and you're gonna mess up and they're gonna Mm. mess up and you're gonna blow it and you're gonna zig when you should have zagged or whatever but and god's gonna be faithful to take all of that and he's telling a great story just trust
0: him with it and Mm -hmm. try to chill and and relax that I say that what was it what was it like doing what you did obviously having all the success that you've had in your life uh, in the music world, what was that like being a dad? You know, like, mm. what was it like yeah. doing this, being... Because you like, were yeah. traveling
1: a yeah. lot. You were yeah. on, on tour yeah. during a time... Dave and I were talking about this before we got here. Like, when we're on tour, it, now it's totally... I, I can FaceTime right. the girls yeah. all day long yeah. if I want, yeah. you know. They would yeah. not enjoy that. Yeah, right. I <laughs> would like that. but <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, back in those days... Yeah. You would have to get to the hotel yeah. and then see if you could make a long-distance call. Yeah. And what if they're not home? Yeah. I mean, a oh, totally yeah. different yeah. existence.
2: Yeah, C- yeah, very much. And and I mean, it was it was a constant process. And those who walked through it with me, managers, record labels, you know, booking agents. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll tell this this story. I think it sort of sums a lot of it up. I remember going in, I was writing some new music and I'd finished my second or third record. Things were kind of taken off. I'd written, you know, I will be here, you mm-hmm. know, which, you know, people singing at their weddings and it mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of doing things I'd had in my first or second number one song at, at radio. Um, and so things were really taking off and, you know, this was like becoming like a thing that, hey, this might actually work and I might actually, you know, be able to make a living doing this and, and record labels like, Hey man, the next one's going to be, you know, man, these are, you know, it's growing, climbing, uh, touring, I'm touring with a band, um, on the road. I think I I was on the road with my first band with a, an album called for the sake of the call and, Jeez. um, and I had started writing songs for the next record. Um, Sparrow records was being, there was a big deal going on. They were getting bought by EMI. Like a bunch of money was coming in, like, man, this thing's going even bigger and better, and you're poised to, you know, kind of take it there. And uh, one of our, you know, kind of lead guys. And so I was feeling some pressure, feeling a lot of that uh, expectation, opportunities, things I never imagined when my wife and I started. And I was, I mean, my first tour was my wife sitting on the the bed in our bedroom, literally putting out all of her papers that she had kind of photocopied for concert you know, uh, opportunities. And she would call churches and say, hi, this is Mary Beth calling from the office of Stephen Curtis. Would you be interested in booking him for a concert? Honestly, that's how it started. And, um, to now, you know, i got a manager and, and it's all going. And I went in and sat with my record label guys. And at the time I had a couple of pastors who had walked with me and Mary Beth. And it was already real clear that we were two, you know, very different. Mary Beth and I had already, you know, been into some counseling and realized, man, this is a lot harder than we thought it was going to be aside from having this career and this thing Mm -hmm. that we never thought was going to be like this, just, just stuff we brought into this, you know, as 19 and 21 year old, you know, kids into our marriage had Emily, our first child, you know, a year, uh, a little over a year after we got married, which was, you know, we didn't think that was going to happen that way, but long story. Um, and she was exactly what God knew we needed. But we're like parents, and now we're in this thing. And so I literally lived um, these days of my career with the way I kind of envisioned it was: I like had my hand constantly on the on the plug, ready to pull it. And just wow. say, if I can't do this and and love my family and love my wife and be a dad, then I'm not. I, that's my number one priority. I've said it, I've sung it, but I got to know that I mean it cuz mm-hmm. it's so tempting cuz when I stand on stage and feel all those good feelings and then I go home and I don't feel those good feelings cuz this is hard and that's right. not nearly as hard. You know, it's like <laughs> all those things, all the temptations yeah. and we've all seen, you know, plenty of guys, you know, and and you know, men and women with great intentions and even in ministry go you know their families get sacrificed on the altar of you know success and great things for for the kingdom and all that kind of stuff. So yep. I'm sitting with these guys going, guys, and I literally walked in and said, I feel like I'm failing as a mm. as a dad, as a husband. Uh, I just I feel I, I I don't know if I'm doing it right. You know, and I'm spending I'm missing. My wife's taking to all the you know baseball. Soccer practices, everything. You know, I'm showing up when I can. I'm flying home every red eye that I can get home. But is it enough? You know, and I could do twice as many concerts because the opportunity there mm-hmm. and the labels like, man, this thing, we need you to do this and this and this. And I'm saying no to certain things and, you know, but trying not to say no to the, you know, all the stuff. You guys have done it. And, and so I'm, I don't know. I just feel kind of like, yeah, I feel like I'm a failure in, in, on, all levels, not doing enough on my career, not doing enough as a husband, as a dad. But anyway, here are some song ideas and things I've been writing, you know, like skip over. I kind of went all past that. And I have one amazing dear pastor friend at the time who said, well, we'll stop there. The failure thing, let's talk about that. Let's kind of, you know, let's go back there. And um, And then, of course, you know, the tears start. And man, I just like, you know, start just, Weeping it's like, man, I just feel like, you know, it's this and it's that. And, and these guys started to just encourage me, love on me, you know, say, hey, you know, the songs you sing about, you know, the grace of God, actually, you're, you're, you know, kind of takes the whole failure thing. You're not a failure. God loves you. You know, God, yeah, you've got a lot of stuff you're trying to deal with and juggle, particularly as a dad. And but your heart wanting that is number one, a big, yeah. you know, that's num- number one, that that's what you desire. Mm-hmm. And we're around you for that purpose. We're going to walk with you through this and and help you stay accountable. I don't think the answer is to pull the plug and quit everything that you're doing because it really does seem like, you know, your family supports that. And it's just, you got to, it's just going to be hard, but we're, you're not doing it alone. I think I just felt that loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, thing. Yeah, And man, they just, you know, and so by the time I left there, that, that gathering of you know ended up playing them some new songs and talking but i walked out of the room true story and i was so light and i felt so encouraged and i felt so like okay maybe i'm not blowing it maybe i actually you know maybe it's just i remember my pastor saying the day you stop struggling with it is the day that i'm really going to worry about you but you're going to probably have to struggle with this it's just going to be part and it's going to be part of it Regardless of what you do, but particularly because of what God's called you to do, what you're doing, what you've chosen, what God's put you in, what your family, but they're all in, you're all in and we're in with you. And I was just so Mm. encouraged. I walked out and I was like, man, the feeling I have right now, is like, I don't. I don't necessarily even like horses, but when I watch those great movies, when the guys get on the horses and they're like, "Come on, guys, we're going into the wild blue yonder. We're going in wherever oh, this goes," wow. and I wrote a song called "The Great Adventure" <laughs> Jeez, oh, that please. day. Saddle up your horses. Such a great yeah. song. And, and and the the sad reality of that song is, over the years, and I've even read, you know, years ago I read some guy that was writing some theological thing about christian music and you know i grew up in an era of you know you know the the silliness of you know let's saddle up our horses and go on this great adventure you know of songs like the great him. adventure I will yeah i know my wife uh you if my if my wife will beat you to it because she's like that son of a gun uh you know shouldn't have said that um and uh but but it was because from where, you know, the, where that song came from. Yeah. But right, it got, but right. and I, I love that it got turned oh. into, you know, every summer camp was, you know, saddling up their stick horses, singing, you know, this song. Oh, but for song. me, it came from that oh, that place of this was so deep and heavy. Yeah. And then I walk out just like, this is it, man. It's going to be mountains. It's going to be valleys. It's going to be terrifying. Yeah. It's going to be that hard. You know. That bridge. But,
0: how good is the bridge in that song? Oh man!
2: Oh, yeah. that song is Little so good. we travel over mountains. Come on, this is the, the rest is of my day having, having,
1: having, having that song yeah. in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The kick in the end. Oh, and man. I love, I love how high that song <laughs> is too. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: I it's love it. Like, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It's It's gotta be. You gotta have the, the energy. But you know, so that all was that that set a trajectory. Yeah, the thing with my kids. So I spent a lot of those days and years saying all right just I need I need guys around me right. you know not just managers and record label guys you know to tell me how you know great this can be if you'll just do this but I need I need pastors I need friends I need guys who will look at me and go I'm not impressed by anything you do um except you know how much I see you trying to love your family well yeah. and and be a dad and so I would take you know, one one more story on that that note that comes to mind. So, in the midst of all of that, I get on a, a plane and I do a red eye home from a show, and I'm in probably one of the big big biggie tours, you know, going on, and you know the arenas and and all the stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm I'm you know going to get home, and uh, for you know my son Caleb was playing his first soccer game. And so I got to get home for. I want to see that. And of course, my wife's been at every practice. She's been at every, you know, she's dragging them there and getting them home and, you know, all of that. So I show up and, you know, for the first game, which she's thankful and, and glad I'm there. Um, and so she, like, I'm watching and, and I've got to show that night in I think like Dallas and so I got to get on a plane as soon as game's over I got to run back to the to the you know airport and get you know get get on a plane and get get there and this is not you know private travel you know private jets yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like I got to get the you know get on the you know American flight and timing yeah. all and you know make it just right so it's just craziness but I get there for the game and Caleb, you know, it's at this point, it's just herd ball. It's just a bunch yeah, of guys running around, you know, ball. and, you know, just around the ball. It's just kind Never of a herd, you know. That. And and every now and then the bottle, of, you know, accidentally get kicked out. And it's like, ah. So I'm standing watching and I'm cheering. And Mary Beth's like, I got to go to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom. And while she's in the bathroom, Caleb accidentally kicks his first soccer goal of his life. Scores, goes in the goal. The place goes nuts. I yeah. run on the field. <laughs> puts Caleb on my shoulders <laughs> and I'm running around the middle of the field like,
1: yeah,
2: you know, just like, cause it's, you know, they're five, six years old. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the greatest moment. My wife comes walking back from the bathroom and like, what, what happened? What is going on? Why is everybody, you know? And they're like, Oh, Caleb just scored his first goal. And his dad's <laughs> out there celebrating on the field with him. And my wife is going, After all of the hours and hours, I have driven at every practice. practice. And (laughs) she's the sport. She's the competitive one. She's the one, like, watching everyone. Oh, you almost kicked it. You know, and I walk in, Mm. you know, and and, in there for two hours. And I just, you know, I'm like, sweetheart, I don't know. I don't know, living right. I don't know what to say. I don't know what do I say. Just to, to favor of God, living, right? You know, <laughs> went to the restroom. <laughs> you went you yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, I don't think God she is so really fully forgiving, forgiving me for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Gosh. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So, funny. so that was a lot of our life in those days, man. Just trying to, you know, get home and do the do the thing, and and um, a lot of amazing people that walked through and friends that walked through that. Season and continue to walk with us because you know it's just that's
0: been yeah that's been the journey. Dave, yes, John,
1: yep, yeah, okay, sorry. You know, we are both. I'm going to speak for you. Okay, usually do. We're both very excited to tell our listeners about Canopy, yep, a new partner of ours. That is doing some incredible work. Yes. Canopy is an app for families that uses
0: state-of-the-art artificial intelligence to make the internet safer for kids by detecting and
1: blocking pornography. You know, on average, kids today are exposed to pornography at age 11, which wow. is insane. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yep. Yeah. And especially as a parent, that yeah. just makes yeah. me scared.
0: Yeah, some of the studies on this are pretty sobering. Canopy is an inexpensive and easy to use tool that gives parents the confidence to let their children use the internet freely without fear of accidentally stumbling across really graphic stuff. And it works on most smartphones, tablets, and computers. Head on over to canopy.us dadville
1: and use the code dadville
0: at checkout to get a discount and try it for 30 days.
1: And it's so hard when you're when like your career is is starting off and you start to have a little bit of success because there's no there's no guarantee so anything a- every next thing is like oh yeah it's going to be over you have to next, do this yeah, it's going to be over
2: next month right. so i better we got to strike while the is out. Keep we got to do it now yeah yeah i mean thank so god that you true.
1: had a team around you to keep you kind of balanced i, I yeah. it, like it, yeah. it's reminding me of that um amy winehouse documentary Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Which is seemed to be the opposite. Like it, yeah. she just didn't have a group yeah. around her that was uh, offering any other option. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like everyone around her was like, "This is what you got to do. We, we'll put you on the plane, and you'll wake up and yeah, you know, at the show." Yeah. I do want to ask you about because when you're talking about having people around you helping you, encouraging you on this front with your career and the balance of being a dad and all that Uh, you know something that I feel like we are terrible at as human Mm. beings Mm. is is dealing with death Mm. and dealing with grief Mm. and tragedy and all that and as you said before you lost your daughter Maria Mm. tragically and and I know that you have talked about that many Mm. times and you can Mm. say whatever you want to say about it here but specifically I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. for for those of us who you know we all have friends who have lost a child, mm. and it's so hard. Again, and I'll just speak for myself. I feel like I'm I'm not good in that space. We don't know what to say. Mm. There's nothing that you can do yeah. that's going to bring, right. you know, undo what's done. Yeah, and so I think we. That's part of the reason why we're so bad at it as as people. We don't want to say the wrong thing, yeah, we don't know what to say and i'm I'm curious what you would say to those of us, mm. those of us who who have friends who have lost someone, what would you say going through it yourself yeah what what were mm-hmm. some things that people did that that brought you comfort? What did you want yeah. people to yeah, do? Yeah. You know what I mean? No it's yeah, totally
2: great question and thankful that you would ask it um, because I think it's one of the things that we, one of the hardest things that you realize in, in that um, is, you know, uh, how, how do you, um, what, what's the right, what's the right thing to do and right thing to to say and what's the, you know, what's not helpful and what is helpful. And you, you learn a lot of those things when you walk through, um, you know, firsthand, uh, cause I'm have been that same way for my whole life. It's like, I don't, I am a fixer. I want to fix whatever's broken. I mean, it's in a sense. Guys in particular, I think it's mm-hmm. just, let me fix it, you know, and it's, it's broken. So I got to have the right thing to say. I've got to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember someone praying, uh, actually Emily, my daughter shared this with us and, and said, there are some folks really praying for us in, intensely right now. And this prayer they wrote out and she said, I'm. I, I want to read it to you guys. And I remember in this prayer, this person said, God, I pray for great grace for this family, for when well-meaning people say really stupid things. Mm-hmm. And I remember how that was like, of that whole prayer, one of the most powerful things <laughs> that someone could have prayed. Because we suddenly realized that that, that, that people will say so many things that they want, that they're just trying. Mm-hmm. Everything inside of them is trying to be encouraging and, mm-hmm. and helpful and hopeful for you, they're in a better place or, you know, and, and yet suddenly you realize how all those things are not only not helpful, but sometimes like really hard to hear. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to have grace for that. And you gotta, you know, hear those things and not just not punch them in the mouth when you know, they really mean well, Mm -hmm. and you're going, but that's so the wrong thing. You know, my wife would say, what better place in the world is there for a five-year-old little girl? you know, then in, than, you know, with her mom and dad in her mother's arms. And yeah, I get it. The, you know, I can go spiritual and go now, but she's in the presence of Jesus and all that, but God put her here and she's supposed to be here. She's mm-hmm. supposed to be with us. And so that's not helpful, you know, and, and, but I've said this so many times, you know, the most comforting thing that anybody said to us was just when they would say and there's just no words Mm. i can't say anything that's gonna help um but i won't go anywhere Mm -hmm. i'll just i'll just you know i'll be with you in this and i'll sit with you in this um that incredibly was the most powerful encouraging thing that anybody could say it's just i won't try to i won't try to say anything Mm because it let it let both of us off the hook you know Mm -hmm. it's like i didn't have to because a lot of times you feel like you're having to almost comfort somebody else because man i'm just so sorry and i'm and i don't you know say this and say that and you want to go it's really that it's okay you know and then they're wanting to be an encouragement and a comfort and um You know, when Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus and, you know, I, as a kid, I always was kind of a joke, you know, the shortest, anybody have a memory verse for Sunday school today? And we all like, I got one. Jesus (laughs) wept, you know, it was like a funny thing, you know, until I walked through this and it was like, suddenly that was the most profound verse in Mm. all of scripture Mm. because, jesus uh, you know god in the flesh who had all of the right words if anyone ever had the right words to say you know at the death of a loved one you know didn't say anything Mm -hmm. but just wept and he you know i think of now of all the things you know why are you guys crying don't you know watch what i'm getting ready to do you know let me preach a sermon to you you know he just he just wept with his friends and. Um, that suddenly was so hopeful for me and so powerful yeah um and and so that is what I have learned, you know, mm-hmm. and still learning you know that that's just we want so badly, Mary Beth and I were talking about this the other day, we were doing a little interview for something, and she said the same thing again. We've said it so many times, just when when people were able to give you the gift of. You know of their presence, mm. and we were miserable people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we still are. You know to be around because you know grief and trauma and all that stuff. You know really, really does a number on you, and you don't get over it. And you you know you you try to you know process it, and God's grace is is so good, and it shows up in different ways and you know all the counseling and therapy and everything else that we have tried to do for everybody in our family and still trying to do you know there are a lot of times we're like man we know we've not been easy people to be around but those who just say we're in we're in it for the long haul we're not going anywhere that's um that's the game
1: changer mm-hmm. you know for, yeah for mm. Well, thank you for talking about. It. Yeah. yeah,
0: is that something yeah. that like even now, all these years later, like what does it look like now as your family, like your nuclear family? Mm. Like, is that something that you know will come up every now and then? It's talked about, or is it so, like h- how yeah. how does it how does it um, what is it like now yeah. with that? You know,
2: well, that's I think one of the other things. There's so many things you learn, you know the. The myths, I guess, in a way, of you know what it's like to to walk through any kind of grief and and loss, but especially the loss of a child, you know you wonder, should we bring this up should we you know is it gonna is it gonna you know sc- scrape off the scabs and all of a sudden you're gonna have this mm-hmm. and you know the reality is, is you don't ever not think about it, you don't right. ever right. so that's kind of one of those you know things I try to tell people, you know, don't be afraid, at least in our case, ever to mention and bring up, um, you know, your daughter, Maria, and, you know, ask those questions. I understand why people would would think that and and be kind of shy away from that. But, you know, the truth is it's never not with you. So you're always, Mm -hmm. it's always there. And in a way, it just, you know, I think the harder thing is to think of people, have people forgotten. And we're mm, supposed to yeah. be better, and yeah. we don't want to bring it up to bum them out. And you know, even you know, talking with you guys, you know, it's still emotional. And so then you kind of think, "Gosh, should we have not brought that up because it was emotion?" Mm-hmm. But you know, you're carrying that around with you all the time. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the gift of you know letting a, you know letting that out and mm-hmm. and being able to acknowledge it. You know, because it's 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 the reality. Mm-hmm. And most of life is lived trying to just stay so busy and keep, keep all that stuff at bay while you're going, man, why am I feel so, you know, why, why is there so much stirring? And, you know, and then all of a sudden you kind of, you, you sort of touch it and go, oh, cause that's always right there. Mm, yeah. And you just, you're just going so fast that you're not acknowledging right. what's most real and human about you and your life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Thank you for, you know, for, for that, giving me that opportunity just to, you know, and I'm not going to bottom out and, you know, spiral down into, Mm. you know, into it. It's just sometimes that's the most healing thing is Mm. to be able to acknowledge it, cry Mm. and, and go, okay, now, man, I feel, I feel better, that's good. Let's go Mm -hmm. take on the next, you know, the next thing. Um, so I think that is, you know, for us now as a family, you know, we, um, we obviously are kind of consider ourselves sort of walking miracle that we're still married, Mm -hmm. you know, vast majority of parents that lose a child, just the marriage doesn't survive it because grief is so, so brutal and so different for everybody and the way you Mm -hmm. process it. And you just have to give so much grace to each other and, and let, you know, the anger and how you do all that. And I think it's, you know, as people of faith, and even how you process that, is, you know, differently, is all just so hard. And so, you know, for my wife and I, and to look at around the table and see, you know, Maria used to say it was one of the things we we remind ourselves often. She had this little funny thing she would just say out of nowhere when we were all together for a birthday party or a gathering or whatever. She would just blurt out, I love it when my whole family is together. Mm. It was just her thing. I love it when my whole family's together. You know, and we'll we'll remind ourselves of that often, you know, when we get together yeah. for, for whatever, you know, just, well, we all know what Maria would say right now. You know, I love it when my whole family's together. And, you know, my kids all live within five miles of us. I mean, who gets to do that as a parent with six grandkids? You know, I talk to almost nobody says, yeah, they all live right around me, you know. Yeah. And so we are we just consider ourselves incredibly blessed in that way everybody's close you know except now the girls you know stevie and showy you're both in college and and uh, a, a little further away but all our grandkids and and uh, emily and caleb and will our older three are all live close by and um and you know we just we really are so thankful you know we it's it's an ongoing reality of how do we process this now you know uh, ever the grandkids are asking questions they all know about mm-hmm. Maria mm-hmm. you know they know there's a you know there's an Aunt Maria that they don't that they didn't get to meet and we wear mm-hmm. you know a little jewelry that has her picture on it and now like, that's Maria and they've learned that but then the questions start coming more well what happened why is Maria mm-hmm. not here what happened and then we got to sit down and go how much you know how much do we tell them and right. you know because they're gonna read you know I've tried for you know, months, years now to get Wikipedia to change what it says about our story. Because the truth is, they're going to go search and read a story that is a, a version that we would love the opportunity to tell them. You know, but it was very public, and so you know, we've like, how do you even? I mean, just stuff that you never imagine you'd have to try to figure out. Right? How do we navigate this? You know, um, but we do it. You know, we do it together, and and that word. You know, together is just. I wrote a song for Mary Beth on my the glorious unfolding uh, record I made about nine or ten years ago now, and just you know the whole that just the power of that word. You know, we're we're and Caleb said this recently. He was doing an interview with somebody, and they were just asking about your family, and he said, you know, and I just thought it was brilliant. He said, we we are, you know, we we limp we hobble you know because of you know this in our family and a lot of you know stuff that just the brokenness from that and trying to work through it and trying to work through all of the stuff you know that families work through but he said I'll say this about my family I feel like we hobble well you know and it was like because we do it together you know wow. we, we are we are together and um wow. and so that that's uh, I'm what just so thankful for it yeah
0: I can't imagine. This is a whole other two-hour podcast, but I can't imagine one grieving that. I mean, that's enough of a of a way, right? I just can't imagine being the dad, because like you can't just go yeah. grieve yeah. something. You know, you mm-hmm. you've got a a house of <laughs> grieving that you are taking care of. I <laughs> am like, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, that that was that was the. Uh, that was the conversation honestly that i had immediately with god when when we began to realize where this was going and when i you know first got the news that that our daughter was had not survived was i said god i i cannot do this As a dad, I can't, I can't carry this. There's just, I can't do it. I don't know. I've tried to carry a lot of things and I've, you know, done some of it okay and most of it, you know, somehow by your grace we've survived, but this is too much and, um, and because of that weight of just going, man, as yeah, as a dad, how am I gonna how am I gonna lead my family? We feel that you know, you feel that when anything happens, mm-hmm. you know, with your kids or your family, you just you carry that and and, you know, but this was like, yeah, there's just there's no way. And um and it was it honestly was that, you know, those moments walking in that room and just sitting there with my family and just saying, God, if you don't, if you're not who you say you are and who I've sung a lot of songs about who you are, um, and I'm not really sure right now, you know, that, that I know what to believe, but I have nothing else but uh, to hold on to the hope that you are, enough and you will you will carry me through this and lead me because otherwise it's just I don't know I can't do it and um and here we sit you know 14 years later um again just sounds like a broken record but it is all and only because of God's grace and friends and people that have walked with us and again just said well we'll We won't go anywhere. We'll just keep walking with you and an amazing, amazing family. Sons who are just incredible. I mean, just awesome, you know, sons and daughters who have showed up and been warriors. And I mean, Will Franklin and Caleb and watch the way they have stewarded that story as sons and as brothers and now as dads themselves, you know, um, to watch how they have, uh, even the music, the way they've, you know, shared their journey in a way that's just incredible, you know, and the music they've written and the way they've tried to, it really is. It's, it's, Will Franklin said it, you know, I feel like we, this is something we've been, uh, when we made the decision early on, are we gonna be public with this? Mm-hmm. And we really gave our, our kids in particular, Will, the, the opportunity to say, how are we gonna steward this? Mm-hmm. Because we will go dark, we will go private. <laughs> I will never walk on stage again. Mm-hmm. I'll never do another concert. If that's what we decide as a family, i you know, I can't, I, I, we, we cannot do this publicly. Or if we do, we're going to do it together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got call from Larry King Live, you know, come talk about, you know, and it was, you know, come talk about your your story, talk about your faith. How does a family survive this, you know? And at that point, we're like, well, we don't know that we're going to, but we'll mm-hmm. <laughs> come to, but can we come, we'll tell you what, you know, where we're at right now. But we did it. We sat with, a fa- with the whole family and, and particularly with Will and just said, we, you know, zero pressure. We don't feel any obligation. We have, this is when God needs us to step up and be, you right, know, right, the voice, right, you know, right. that's all. Right. God doesn't, you know, right. <laughs> need us to do that. We have real good peace with that. God's going to, you know, do what he needs to do with or without us, but Will said, this is a moment that if anything we've ever believed is true, it's it's got to be true right now, and this is how this makes any sense or we make any purpose out of this is for these moments and it and it feels like this is how we honor the life of our little sister Mm -hmm. maria is that we're going to tell we're going to talk about the hope that's gonna that is gonna help us survive this Mm -hmm. and and so yeah we not only i think we should we have to and so that's why we, you know, we, we made those decisions mm-hmm. and we've continued to revisit that and say, all right, we're not, are we done? Are we going to mm-hmm. talk about this? Are we done? You know, and let the whole family speak into it. And, you know, we don't know half the time. I don't, I don't know. Or we should we, or we, we, you know, what's this and do things and go, okay, that, yeah, that that was, wish we hadn't have done that or whatever. But again, I think just doing it together, um, has has been the hmm. the thing we've been committed to mm-hmm. fiercely, man. Yeah. So, jeez, oh, you know, sorry it's coming light, but did y'all want to do <laughs> anything <laughs> heavy? Sorry. Uh, oh, I mean, oh man. Uh, well, uh, you know, <clears> I
0: think <throat> the thing that's uh, I I I'm, I'm, I would assume you know this, but I think the thing that's so powerful before we wrap this whole thing up is that it really is such a. Uh, you know, it's such a, um, terrible thing, but I think in God's, um, to see you be able to be so candid about it, you know, I think Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I think too, just the wisdom that you've gained from it is such a, it's such a, uh, uh, encouragement, you know, I'm, I know you know that, but, um. It's crazy how much that um there's still so much life in it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. something that got taken away, but there's mm-hmm. still so much um to to still participate in the in her life in her memory mm-hmm. and just how you guys have navigated that, you know. Yeah. It's really substantial. Yeah. I think it's such a gift. This is all. This feels like <laughs> this is the Second Baptist down there. Let me tell you what y'all have given to us tonight. <laughs> but it's true. It's like it's it's still such a, um, you know. I'm so moved by hearing about it. Still, you mm, know. Yeah. It's like, and God just <laughs> all of my dad bells are just like pinging. Mm,
1: yeah. So you know.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's really.
1: Because mm. you guys have have. I don't know when you founded Show Hope mm-hmm. shortly at some point after, but you you have I'm sure this conversation be one of a many conversations that you've had with people that have been impactful and life giving yeah. that it's come out of this. But then you have this organization that you've set up that's a that's a real ongoing, tangible mm. thing. Yeah. Um, is that something that people can can uh contribute to? Get be a part yeah. of, like, yeah, where, where do they go to? Absolutely, to yeah, that stuff.
2: No, thank you. It quick, you know, quick history. So, show hope started actually, um, really 22 years ago, March of 2000. We adopted uh, our daughter, Shoey, and her name is Shohanna hope uh-huh. Chapman. Uh, thought that was it, took a trip to China. God did this amazing thing in our heart. It started with our oldest daughter, Emily, going on a trip to Haiti and spending time with kids without families and came home. Mom, Dad, well, I think we need to adopt some kids. We said that's what a wonderful, by the great sidebar, thing. What
0: an amazing thought to have a kid. Yeah. Have your kid come? Yeah, to you yeah. And oh, say I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's Emily,
2: and you know Emily, and if <laughs> oh, yeah. you know Emily, to know Emily is to go. Well, of course, that she would say that <laughs> right. at eleven. Because look imagine. at her now. I just yeah. can't imagine yeah.
0: that night after the kids are asleep, looking at yeah. your spouse yeah. and going, "Yes, yeah." Do you remember when, what just like a couple sanctuary? hours ago? She, yeah, was yeah. she? Yeah, like so. Yeah. I, you know, because yeah. yeah. usually you're sitting yeah. down with your
1: kids. Right. Going, Saying, hey, hey, we, we think, really think this can... is. Yeah. yeah. Right.
2: No, it was totally because what we said was that is an amazing, beautiful thing that you should do <laughs> when you grow up and have your own house because that feels we are like done. God is calling Free, you. Teeny, meany, money, no mo. That's it. You know that whole thing. <laughs> anyway, it was. Uh, we were done, and so you know, but we weren't because God had. We make our plans, God directs our steps, you know, as, as the scripture says, and we are, we are living proof of that, you know. Um, so we adopt Shoei, and in that process, we get this incredible education thank mm-hmm. you to mm-hmm. emily who's yeah. 11 who goes and buys the biggest book on adoption she can get uh, uh, for christmas money she takes it and buys an adoption oh, i mean oh, what kid does yeah, this gonna say. Right. and she reads it for to her mom every time she's in the car driving her anywhere okay. he's like mom gosh. did you know in china there are this many children need a family and you know here's how much it costs mom we could do you know and it, da, 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 da. anyway so we have this education adopt show Hannah. walk through her orphanage we see Multiple. I mean, it's bed after bed after bed of these little ones, all looking mm. like, you know, take me too mm. and go tell, go tell my family. Here's where I am. I'm waiting. You know, it's just all this. Oh you gosh. know, you are talking about the bell, the dad bells going right. off and the mom bells. Like you got to, you know, we got to rescue all of these. And Emily's with us, and she's like, Mom, Dad, what do we do with all? We bring Shoey home, and you know, we start to meet families immediately who say we would adopt. We would love to. That's our our prayer, Jeez. desire, our hope. We just can't afford it. It's twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars. There's no way. Jeez. You know, we're we're. I'm a school teacher. I'm a. You know, in ministry. i You know, I can't. We can't. But someday, you know. Yeah. So my wife, you know, to know my amazing, you know, bride. She's like. What? Are you kidding me? You would adopt a child. You would take one of these. I just saw a child. I know where they are, and you're ready. All right. You need money? Okay, well, here we go. Well, I'm going to write you a check. You know, and this line of people starts to form out the door, and I'm going, okay, we got a situation here, because I got to write songs faster <laughs> than she's writing checks. I mean, you know, this is going to get way out of whack. And so- So uh, we start telling people (laughs) about this thing that we need to help. And truly, we actually went looking for the organization like we do. Yeah, Platform guys, you know, we got a platform, we got a microphone. You know, let me find whoever's doing this and let's – throw our hat in the ring and with them and point people, here's where you go and we're going to help people raise, you know, raise money there and all that. There wasn't an organization that we could find oh, that wow. did this, wow. that helped families financially that wanted to adopt. Yeah. And so we said, well, let's start helping them and let's help 10, 20 hundred. Maybe if I tell the story and sing a song and and tell my listeners and my fans and my friends, maybe they'll want to be a part of it. So yeah. that's how we call it show. Johanna's hope was originally the name of it because Shohanna hope was our daughter. Needless to say, no one could pronounce it, spell it. It was Shania's hope. It was Hosanna's <laughs> hope. It became everything else under <laughs> the sun. People both were yeah. giving I, money to Shania. Twain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shania <I> was, <laughs> Twain going, Hey,
0: would you do this? You know, give this to me. I feel pay. like both of those yeah. bands, I opened for it like a Christian. Yeah. Concert yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Shania's hope, hope and yeah, Hosanna's yeah. hope. Yeah. All yeah. They were both there. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And anyway, so eventually we changed the name to show hope and, and our dream of helping, you know, a few families, ten hundred families, um, people began to like. You just ask how to how to could people contribute to this because maybe I'm not you know one that feels like I'm supposed to adopt, but I'd sure love to help those families yeah. do that because yeah. I, I believe you know that's James one twenty seven Bible's pretty clear. True religion, God calls it you know to, you know care for orphans and widows and their mm-hmm. distress. So here's that God served that right up to Here here's here's God's definition of what religion looks like to Him. So let's do that and. So over the last 20 years really by the time we got it all formalized and going it was you know a few year, couple of years after we brought Shoei home so 20 years um we've just amazingly uh we've been able to help over 8000 families nice. great kids from 63 countries i mean we've given you know you know millions of dollars we started doing a work in China specifically we're able to do that for 10 years Um, And this all came after we lost Maria because Mm -hmm. there was, as you can imagine, a huge outpouring of love and support and, you know, for our family. And so we set up uh, Maria's Miracle Fund within Show Hope. And honestly, because of things like sharing our story with Larry King Live and all the places that it took our story as a family, it gave us the opportunity, Mm -hmm. the platform to talk about the work of Show Hope, which put you know, gas on the fire that was already burning. And so that's really, you know, things, you know, took on a whole new life after that um, in these last 14 years particularly. And uh, for 10 years, we worked in China specifically, had five care centers that cared for thousands of medically fragile children that were orphaned. Um, We got to see many of them, um, you know, lives saved, ended up adopting. Many of them ended up in families that otherwise wouldn't have survived. And some that passed it died with Mm. great dignity and knowing that they were cared for instead of in a corner somewhere in a dark corner uh, in an orphanage. So it was a it was a beautiful thing Um, that work specifically in China ended uh, a a couple of years ago because things just have gotten so difficult Mm. with, you know, geopolitical relations, Mm. all the things. But that work has continued in our medical care uh, for kids that have been adopted, children that have medical ongoing medical needs and families that just bring them on and say look we don't know how we'll do it but we're going to do it we're going to bring this child home and be parents and then they just as they go on about life we've been able to come alongside and say hey you know can we partner with you in that Um, other parts of show hope, the work, uh, one of the biggest areas is as families have brought children home and we've learned more and more and more about the trauma that early childhood trauma that happens to kids that are institutionalized or abandoned stuff that we knew knew nothing about when we started this 20 years ago and have had our eyes open, hearts broken and go, how do we serve these families and these kids who are coming home with some incredible needs that nobody knew about when we started this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, Turns out God even has a plan for that, and we've been able to jump into that in a big way. So all of that stuff that goes on with the work of Show Hope um, is an amazing thing that we're continuing to do now with the pandemic. There are more children, obviously, that have been orphaned, and the need has grown even more. So, yes, please, uh, we would direct people to showhope.org is the website. There's amazing information there. There's a great website that we started called howtoadopt.org if somebody's listening going you know we've thought about that and never just knew where to go kind of overwhelming you get a book do you start where we just basically created that website for that very question of somebody just saying we just kind of want to you know just kind of dip our toe in the water just look around and see what that's even about uh howtoadopt.org showhope.org um yeah it's it's been amazing it's been one of the you know it's it's so hard it's it's that thing that you do as the, you know, the sort of Christian thing where you go, Hey, but look what good things God did. And we are fiercely committed only, not only because of what we've lived, but because of how it, you know, you, you journey with people in the ongoing hard of trauma and, and life. And, you know, here's the thing. I mean, the reality for us as a family the hope that we have, the truth is, we just believe the story's not over yet. You know, Mm. Our daughter, Maria, lived five years, she just had her fifth birthday a few days before uh, she went to heaven, and we just believe, choose to believe. Some days we really believe it better than others, and we pray the prayer of God. I believe, help my unbelief, Mm. because that's Mm -hmm. way outweighing my belief right now, Mm -hmm. but my belief is that, that she didn't live a short life, it was short in our terms, we believe is a full life because God knows the days He has numbered for us. I mean, we're just anchoring our hearts to all the promises that He made, and that the story's not over, and that our future with her is infinitely greater than our past. And none of those things are Bible band-aids that we stick on grief and trauma and loss because we still live with all of that. But that's just a choice. that You go, I'm I'm dro- I'm dropping my anchor in this, and I'm holding on to this. And when the waves come, that's what we're going to stay anchored to. So we just believe and know the story's not over yet. With that, we can look at a work like Show Hope and we can look at the lives of children that have been impacted. And we can say, you know what? Yeah, we can see incredible beauty that has come from these ashes, you know, from these ruins, you know, Mm -hmm. from this awfulness that we're going to keep living with and that we're going to keep having to you know deal with and and yet you live with both of those so you kind yeah. of have to live with this sort of what what my friend pastor for all these years Scotty Smith says the already and the not yet yeah. you know you're living between these two and it's just, just, that's what being human means you know you're mm-hmm. going to live with this hope and this man I see the beauty of this and gosh that's amazing but i'm also going to acknowledge at the very same time that i would change it you know, my wife says it. She feels bad about it. She's like, I'm, I know. F- sometimes I think lightning's going to strike me because people will tell me these amazing stories. I'm like, gosh, that's amazing. And thank you for that encouragement. And our family's story is what helped you. But I would change it if I could because mm-hmm. I want my little girl back. Well, and I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not, you know, and um, that's, I, uh, I got to live with both of those, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So.
1: Dave. John. Isn't that a great sound? You it hear is. That? Yeah, I do. No, it's in the it's, distance. You know what that's the sound of? I want to guess, but I'd rather you tell me. <laughs> It's the sound of another sale on Shopify. On Shopify. I, I get them on my phone. Yep. All the it's the all-in-one mm-hmm. e-commerce platform to start, run,
0: and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. You know what
1: I love about Shopify? Tell Nick? me. I love how Shopify has tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Scaling your
0: business is a journey of endless possibility. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including
1: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can even synchronize your online and in-person sales. Did you know that, Dave? I didn't, but I it's do now. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com dadville, that's
0: all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's
1: entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com dadville right now shopify.com slash dadville anyway.
0: you know it's it's two thoughts have one <clears throat> i think it's it's crazy to sit and think that all of that with the journey with show hope started because your sweet 11 year old daughter said we want to adopt. i think god has got <laughs> the most interesting <laughs> sense of humor oh, that what comes I from know. a little girl going yeah. hey i have a thought yeah Blossomed into eight thousand yeah. people, eight thousand yeah. families adopting kids. Yeah, like that blows my mind. That's amazing. That that came from a kid. I know. It was also, yeah. it was like I need to list my kids more. Yeah, um, yeah right. Yeah. Said, yeah. Like yeah. Like, hey, bro, be very but, careful. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and two, just to encourage you before we end here. I mean, <sighs> I th- I think that that is it's such a. I'm just reminded sitting here talking with you, like what a remarkable life you've led, what an amazing man you are. I man, I think. You know, you could focus on the music, and that's incredible enough, mm-hmm. just what you've achieved, how mm-hmm. great your career is. Not only, and I think, too, I listened to this great, uh, our, our church this weekend, this really great ministry on work and prayer. And one of the things that the guy did such a great job uh, enunciating was how what we're put here to do is to make things and then to make sense of those things. Which mm. I think is such a great wow. thing about yeah. like work yep. is like we yep. make these things and then we make sense of the things that we make. Yeah, and I think like it really it really reminded me what a gift it is um, that people as we contribute to making life better. We you know and you have done that with your music and shows and lifting people's spirits and you know the work that you've done to create music that is just so remarkably good and also given so much life to the world, you know, it's made sense to the world, but then that's not even getting into what you guys have done as a family for, uh, what you've been through the, the, but then that, to see that what y'all have done was show up. It's just really remarkable. I mean, like sitting here with you, I'm reminded like, gosh, this is like, Mm -hmm. it's such an amazing story. It really is. It's really remarkable. So thanks for sharing that with us too. So we end dadville with a couple of questions and we'll, and we'll, uh, do that. Okay. So first, what is the one thing you want your kids to know? The one thing I want my kids to know is this something
2: that that I have told them over and over again, or something that just I'm, like what, I guess just to answer, just yeah. to answer the question, Chapman. <laughs> Don't try to make this difficult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can that be the how name can of your second like autobiography? How, how can they make this hard?
2: <laughs> Please, Dave. Tell me, John. How can I make this more difficult than needs to be? How can I make this more difficult? It's just well, gosh. <laughs> it's I mean, an, I'm going to say also an impossible question. Well, yeah. it is because the immediate answer is just going to be so Sunday school, and you know, but it, but it's true, and so as, yeah. as soon as it comes out of my mouth, Jesus, you know, it's like, what's the answer to the question, Jesus? But the answer is Jesus. I mean, mm. I, I, because that's just at this point in my life, I really. Really, all the craziness and the you know deep, deep places that we've walked, and the best of times that you see, man, the Grammy Award that was amazing, and is that it? you know it's kind of yeah. you know c s Lewis says you know when you have that sense of you know you hear the most beautiful, amazing symphony and you and it's over, and they applause and you kind of go, is that that is that all is that is that it you know there's some part of you it's still going. There's something, this is all pointing me to something we're made for something that this world, you know, is not going to satisfy alone. And the fact that all these things, you know, that are going to sort of stir that and and you're going to make you go, wow, that was amazing The wonder, but why am I feeling like there's now I'm feeling like, you know, I, I I didn't get the whole thing. And so it is, it really is that if I know that they know, you know, Jesus th- that is the only thing that has sustained us the hope, you know, uh, of of knowing him, um is is the th- the thing yeah. that uh, you know, I want them I want them to know more than anything.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I was gonna say really quickly, it, it actually harkens back to your trip with the boys to Africa and that feeling, which John and I've talked about this, but it, it is also to me if there's anything that to C. S. Lewis's quote about um it's sort of proof that we aren't made for this place. It's when I I remember having our kids like when they were little and holding them and thinking, I'm going to see a picture of this age. Having this thought very clearly, I'm going to see a picture of them at this age and I'm going to think, I wish I had been there then. And so I would hold Mm. them and I would close my eyes and I'd feel the little Mm. fat legs and their Mm. little heads and they'd be sleeping. And I would think, Dave, be here. And I'd oh, yeah. just feel the weight of their body, yeah. the little crinkles yeah. in their legs, the little yeah. breath on their neck, and be like, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. And then I will look at a picture right now of that, and I'd be like, God, I wish I'd been there. I'm like, you just yeah. can't, yeah, yeah. we can't yeah. seize it. We can't yeah. make right. it be, yeah. there's always something missing in every moment. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And it just, it harkens yeah. that thought. Like, yeah. it's just, it's because we weren't made for these yeah. things. We were yeah. made for something that's eternal, that's always and ever a- going. And absolutely, not like, <laughs> yeah. Know? So yeah. it's like.
2: Yeah. And I think. I think just as as you're saying that, it really does make me uh, say if I can, you know, tag on to my answer of the thing that I really want them to know. And and it's really when I, when I even say that they would really know Jesus, you know, obviously that is such a, you know, we take another several podcasts to unpack all the things that that would mean when I say that. But ultimately, it's that they would just, that they would know they're loved because what mm-hmm. Jesus means is that god says i love you Mm. and i'm gonna show you that Mm. um not because of what you do not because you're never gonna earn it you're never gonna you know and you don't have to and so that's the ultimate expression of that so that's what i think when i say that Mm. and i start to even sit here myself and unpack why do i say that yeah it's because i want them to know that that they are loved uh unconditionally that they're loved you know, that there's nothing they're going to do, you know, to make them, to make me love them more. There's nothing they've done or going to do that's going to make me stop loving them. And man, if they, if they can just know that, you know, and the ultimate understanding of that for me has been in trying to grapple with and wrestle with, and I get little bitty tiny, you know, write songs about it, everything, just trying to get a hold of this in, you know, infinite mystery of, you know the love of god but it's in it's you know in in jesus and if i if my kids can know that can know that they're loved uh like that then
0: yeah
1: yeah that's good yeah that's yeah. good yeah so this is our last question that we ask everybody all right what do you want your kids to say at your funeral
2: well i could sit and think a long time um, you know, and all the answers that I would hope of, you know, we knew we were loved because mm-hmm. that would be the thing. We knew that yeah. we, Um. I'm thinking of as a really profound moment of driving out the driveway after, uh, on our way to the hospital after the accident that would take maria to heaven and as we drove out stopping and rolling my window down and i didn't know what to say or do and uh, my sons caleb and will were there and a dear friend who was with them and we were going ahead and i just rolled the window down and said will your father loves you mm. and um and that's just been every, you know, it's been every breath and heartbeat and imperfectly and, and, you know, but just that that's what they would know. We were loved uh, by, by our dad. And then um, I would really hope that they, would, um, say that our dad taught us, um, kindness, because I think that's something that has just been really, in, you know, in my life, I think of the people who have marked me the most, you know, I haven't been the ones who have been, i have mean, been marked by the things I've read, the things I've done that have been, you know, strong and just what a real man looks like, this is what it looks like, you know, but. But I don't know, that word has just been something that has really uh been important and become even more important to me. I was at the funeral of my wife's brother in law, her her sister's husband passed away this year and uh sixty-two he just retired a couple of years. He was just right in the sweet spot of enjoying his grandson and all this and he started stumbling one day and it turned out he had like five Tumors on his brain Jeez. and lasted about five months. And he, uh, and we went to his, his funeral, and one after another, people got up and just said, Man, he was just kind. Mm. There's just kindness about mm-hmm. him. And I remember sitting there, just, you know, tears in my eyes, thinking, That's what a powerful mm. word, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be, I think, something that mm. that would be the. Things that I h- hope they would say.
0: Mm. <laughs> Come on! Yeah.
2: Get it, Thank guys. you so much
1: for doing this. This was Golly. awesome.
0: Thank you guys. Are you ready to record yeah. one now? Yeah, that was. Okay, did we get levels? Yeah, we get levels. Okay, <laughs> we got
2: our levels. Let's go. <laughs>